0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase Podcast. Before we start this episode, we're gonna again take a little time to thank a little bit of the people who helped make this show possible.
1: First up is Two O Gear. Uh, it's a new brand that we just started partnering with. Uh, they make awesome uh, high-end technical uh, hunting clothes, camo. Um, and so they're based in Michigan yep. and a uh, new company. We've tested them for months. I tested them uh, in the whitetail season last year.
0: Great merino base layers. Yep. Great awesome merino base. shells. Yeah, awesome a, new pattern. A
1: great system for going out west, but we'll use it a ton in the, in the whitetail woods too. So really excited to work with them. 20gear.com. Go check them out. Next up is Worldwide Trophy Adventures. Uh, it's it's an awesome, uh, basically, connection to outfitters all over the world. So as a lot of people know, good hunting ground is really hard to come by. And um, oftentimes the best way to ensure that you're going to get in a good spot or maybe you need to legally have a guide is to, to go through an outfitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as you might know if you've heard us before, we've had good experiences and bad experiences with outfitters. Uh, Which means, you know, in order to ensure you're going to have a good experience, you have to do a ton of research, you have to talk to people, it's just a lot of messing around. Worldwide Trophy Adventures, or WTA, does a lot of this work for you at no charge. So by booking your trip through WTA, you can rest assured that you'll be in a good location with a reputable outfitter um, that they've certified and endorsed. If you're looking to book... A trip of a lifetime like I am, uh, Mm -hmm. just headed to a moose hunt here through WTA. You're going to want to check them out. Uh, Go give them a call. Actually, I have the number right here. It's 1-800-346-8747, or check out their website at worldwidetrophyadventures.com.
0: All right, so we love Trophy Line. They offer more than just saddles. Believe it or not, they have their own climbing sticks. They've got platforms. They've got a ton of extra gear. They've got packs. They've got everything. Knee pads. Everything that you're going to need to be a saddle hunter, they have it. So if you want to start saddle hunting this year and get into the game like everyone else and really love hunting even more, go to Trophy Line, check it out, use the code
1: TFC10 to save yourself 10% on that purchase. We're big bow hunters. Uh, Sights, quivers, stabilizers, those kind of things are really important if you're going to have a deadly setup. Um, And so... We've tried a lot of different companies in the industry, and we've kind of figured out that we really like redline gear the best. So, um, we are shooting their torch sights this yeah, year. It's Joe a, re- it's a really cool
0: Really cool sight. Very, there's a lot of good micro adjustments you
1: can make. You mm-hmm. can customize a lot of the stuff on there, really make it your own. The chargeable USB rechargeable yeah, light that's is really cool. sweet. Um, And so we're huge fans of their stuff. We use them all the time. It's worth going to check them out. Uh, Check out Redline. Use the promo code TFC10 for 10% off your purchase and uh, let us know what you think. We love them. All right. Uh, Thanks for joining us uh, on another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. before we jump into our guest and, and kind of what she's up to, uh, I want to start with just reminding you of a, a pretty cool program Christensen Arms has going on right now. Basically, if you haven't heard the ads that we've been running, the things on Instagram and so on, it's you buy a rifle, which is great. They make fantastic rifles. They're the um, kind of the creators of the first carbon fibro, fiber barrel back in 1995, but now if you go buy yourself one of their fine pieces of equipment, you get $750 worth of kind of um, like a gift card for, for gear from their store. So now through October 31st, whenever you buy this rifle, you get that gift card. You can use it to buy things like Loopold, Mystery Ranch, Half Face Blades, Uncharted Supply Company, and more. So if you're interested in this, go to christiansenarms.com. You can learn more and take uh, advantage of this incredible offer. All right, feeling pretty good. (laughs) Thanks for joining me today.
2: Well, thank you for having me.
1: You want to introduce yourself uh, and who you are and what you do? And we'll we'll kind of jump into some things.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, And we made contact over social media through my Instagram account, uh, The Hunting Psychologist. But my name is Beatrice. Uh, I'm a huntress and a psychologist based in Sweden. Um, 33 years old, living with my husband and two hunting dogs, just north of Stockholm.
1: Yeah. You're, what what yeah. kind of dogs do you have?
2: Kleine Minsterlander. So uh, it's a pointing dog, but they also, uh, we also use them in driven hunting in Sweden. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: They, you take them everywhere. It's fun to see the videos and stuff you're posted of them, and they yeah. seem like great dogs. Yeah. Um, so two glaring things about you that people probably pay attention to first Mm -hmm. you're from Sweden and you know we're like our the people that listen to this podcast generally are Americans that we'll see like you know you can see kind of where people are listening to your podcast and occasionally you'll get like interesting places checking in but for the most part American so you're from Sweden that's one the second is a psychologist and um, you seem to tie that very closely to hunting so I'm going to start there because I'm very interested uh, by it Um, Tell me about what, how do you, what's your, I mean, a psychologist, do you practice or what's your career look like? And then we'll jump into how it ties into hunting in a minute.
2: Yeah, well, I'm a clinical psychologist, just a regular one, not specialist in any kind. Uh, But mostly I do uh, um, diagnosing. So that's like my, my uh, focus area. Uh, I've done some treatment, uh, you know, in the past, but uh, I found. Diagnostics, the most interesting thing. So that's what I do. A lot of, you know, neurodevelopment uh, disorders, personality disorders.
1: Yeah. Adults or mm. children or? Adults. Mixed? Okay. no, nope. Only adults. Yeah. I would think children are their own kind of category. And that's probably a, a very special. Yeah, they are.
2: They are. Yeah.
1: Interesting. So uh, how long have you been practicing?
2: Uh, for a couple of years now, I uh, I finished my studies in 2020, just okay. since, you know, corona years, and then uh, I got my license in 21. So two years as a licensed psychologist now.
1: Wow. So uh, mm. have you seen an interesting type of patient pop up in like the wake of the COVID stuff or is it yeah, kind of expected? Well,
2: I wouldn't describe it as anything new, uh, but a lot of people... In my opinion, I, I don't have the research on this, but, but uh, I feel a lot of people relapsed yeah. know, during the, the COVID years. So, relapsed in you know addiction or in depression, or in. Well, we did see a lot of uh, uh, abuse victims uh, rising as well during the, the lockdowns, even though Sweden was one of the countries that didn't lock down as much as the rest of the world. But, you know. Yeah. Um,
1: is that separation from broader community that that probably bring that brought that on, or do you have any? It
2: could be, yeah. Yeah. Separation from community and, and also you know just being, you know, really confined space. Um, if you already have that type of problem, and then you spend you know twenty four hours with, you know, yeah,
1: together. heavy stuff. I, I would imagine a lot of heavy stuff in your your daily <laughs> life. Is that true?
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. You know, that's, that's part of my job. I sit uh, with a lot of patients and, and, tough conversations about people in distress. That's, yeah. that's one part of my job.
1: Yeah. Well, you're amazingly important. I've, um, got, um, I've, I've actually, uh, gone through some very similar things with uh, people here in the U S myself and some family mm-hmm. members of mine have as well. Mm-hmm. So the things that you do are, um, incredibly important and, um, yeah, thank you for that. Um. Now, oh, thank you. tying that to hunting, you know, yeah. what, what, tell me about the ties that you see between the, the psychology and, and hunting, how do they go together?
2: Yeah, well, a, a lot of people ask me, um, or they say I, they don't see the mix or how they fit together, together. They almost see it as if they're, you know, contradicting each other in some way. Yeah. And, um, well, I, I don't see it as that at all, um, me hunting is kind of like the the contrast i've been searching for in terms of finding that work life balance really um so i still i i find my ro- uh, line of work really rewarding uh, as a clinical psychologist of course but you know it leaves me you know with a feeling of uh, never getting done, you know, the lines always fill up and, and the workload constantly fills up. And I think a lot of people can relate to that um, feeling. Is not just my line of work, uh, but this kind of leaves me longer for practical activities where I can see a result or where I can, <laughs> uh, you know, do something and, and uh, get a result from it. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting.
2: I kind of need hunting to keep me grounded at work, you know?
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're, you're dealing with long-term things and, yeah. uh, and I, I, have the same thing in my, my day job. It's, uh, mm. things you don't often see, um, kind of come to fruition or, you know, you see the immediate impact of what you're doing, or it's not even so practical in, in terms of like hands-on stuff. So to have mm. hunting where you're, you're in it, you're among yeah. it, you know, it's yeah. very hands-on. You can touch and feel it and you come away. With yeah. you know maybe meat or something, um, and it's a very different um, contrast, but a really important one. I I found the same thing to be true.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you know, after a day, I, I normally I use up a lot of mental and uh, emotional and energy. That's the thing, and and a lot of people do. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, and for me, the best ways, you know, I found to, to rest those abilities or to to regain them is, uh, you know, to be out in nature to. Yeah, well, for me, hunt, but, but also to be physically active um, uh, and, and, you know, to complete a task. That's that's what I need to do to to keep me grounded at work. And also hunting in a way, it blocks out everything else. Uh, you have to be mindful or really present when you hunt. Uh, so people practice, you know, m- mindfulness, but to me, hunting kind of does that for me. So I don't have to practice it.
1: I, I <laughs> in love the same that that yeah. that's that's something I struggle with it, yeah. just being present. Anyways, I mean,
0: yeah.
1: with social media and work, I work from home, and you yeah. know all these things. My, my mind is always plan mode. You know, mm. uh, it's, or maybe I'm on like a virtual call and I'm virtually with somebody. It's never. It's hard yeah. for me to, to step back and be exactly where I am and notice mm. things in front of me, and that yeah. the presence of mind is so so hard. But you're right. When yeah. you're hunting, I have it sometimes where I'll. I'll be like, oh man, I, I, I'm aware finally of how present I've been for such a long period of time. You're, you're playing the wind, you're listening to certain noises. You're trying to be quiet. You're, you're, you're thinking about all these things that are happening right now that just brings your mind like, like a laser right to where you are. And there's very few things, um, my wife, you know, does yoga, for example, and I think yeah. that has a very similar um, kind of impact on her. But um, hunting, for sure, for, for me as well, just brings me mm. right to where I am. All right. We're going to take a pause here real quick and just thank
0: a few more guys and companies that help make this show possible. First up is Vortex. We can't say it enough. We love their glass. We love their binoculars, spotting scopes, rangefinders, their apparel. James James is rocking a nice little hoodie here. They make awesome stuff, and if you guys are looking to make a purchase at Vortex, go over to their website and use the code TFC20 to save yourself 20% on the next purchase. That's a
1: big, good discount. Use it. Head over there and get something. A bow makes a man. Does and, it? Yeah, that's what I was told. And we're, we're big fans of uh, prime bows. Shooting it for years. Michigan-based company uh, We're shooting their latest Revix series of bows. Mine's that 36 long boy. I'll generally
0: take a few shots right back here and just...
1: Yeah, Yeah, we're a huge fan. Smooth, uh, great balance. Um, Just go check them out. There's tons of technology. One of my favorite things that they have is their grip. Hmm. Uh, Space age technology. Keeps your hand warm even when it's cold. Um, Highly recommend. Go check out Prime Archery. Finally, Lathrop & Sons. Boots. Your feet kill animals. Like, the more you walk... The more chances you have at getting that big buck, that big elk, moose, whatever it is, uh, Lathrop and Sons have been kind of our go-to boot of choice for a while now. Um, we've put in a lot of miles, taking them all over the place. There's no leaking; it's comfortable. Stephen and James, there are like spent. They're like foot. Like they're ge- scientists. They're
0: geniuses. I got messed up feet, and they basically will. You know, you take an imprint of your foot they'll look at it, look at your arch, how wide it is, how narrow, how long and they literally build the boot around your foot. So you're not going to a box store and picking up something that you hope is going to fit your boot. These things actually are tailor-made to your foot. So they're super comfortable. Mine I could I could walk all day in them. So if if, if you're looking to and get you a have. boot if <laughs> I have if you're looking for a boot that's made for you and not somebody else, go check up Lake & Sons.
2: So, you know, I never think about my work when I hunt. I don't think about my mortgage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I think where, where should I ste- take my next step? Not to yeah. step on something that makes a sound. That's, that's the kind of presence. Yeah.
1: I love that. Um, mm. So Sweden. Uh, yeah. What, what's hunting like? What's Tell me about the culture of hunting in Sweden.
2: Yeah, we hunt a lot with dogs. Um, that's uh, like the main type of hunting here. Uh, and I've quite recently discovered that that's not, you know, the case in most countries.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, yeah, no, we, a lot of hunting with dogs, different, different kind of hunting, uh, forms, of course, pointing dogs and, and dogs flushing out deer and boar and elk, you know, they have the, um, the spitz kind of dogs that find elk and, and make them stop.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know,
2: we'll... it, it's kind of mandatory in Sweden to hunt with a dog. You're not allowed to hunt if you don't have access to a dog. Really? Yeah, well, it, you don't have to hunt with a dog, but you have to be able to call, you know, a, a search team with a dog if something happens. <laughs> so every kind of hunting you you is some way near the dog.
1: I I like that. Uh, it's so funny. Um, the the kind of the blood tracking dog idea yeah. is is somewhat new for us. And for a while, there were laws against it, which is wild to me. Because you know, last year I had a suboptimal hit on a, a white tailed deer, a, like yeah. a buck I shot, and had blood dried. And you know, without a dog, I would have been lost. Now I didn't find it, anyways. But the dog yeah. got me like way farther we found blood again you know and it's like you owe it to the animal to do that um and it's it's kind of wild to me that that that's been kind of something that we pushed against here for for a while um the other thing i noticed yeah why i don't know i i think the fear is that we would use dogs to um basically drive game for us
2: yeah Um, Yeah.
1: and that's you know apparently has been seen as not fair chase um Which is interesting because you know uh, certain animals you can use dogs for you know for us birds for example um, some yeah. pig hunting and especially like bear hunting well uh, yeah. you can do uh, we, I've done one um, a couple of years ago in, in West Virginia with dogs and it was phenomenal it was a phenomenal experience um, mm-hmm. and you rarely get for bear basically what they they bay a a, a bear you know tree it and you can go and. Check out the bear and see—is it the right size? Is it the right one to take out? Yeah. You can walk away if it's not. And so mm-hmm. I was kind of stunned after doing it um, about the bad rap that it got. And a lot of listeners may have something to say about this, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. to, to it gives you like this unique ability to judge a bear very close uh, yeah. and make sure you're taking the right one, which is yeah, not yeah. easy to do with bears, anyways.
2: No, no. But then you 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 get to make that informed decision.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. I noticed that about you guys. Um, Dogs is one and suppressors on the ends of your rifles is different. Is that a fairly easy process to get one in Sweden?
2: Yeah, and quite recently they made it even easier. So now you don't need a license for a suppressor. Usually uh, before you you needed to apply uh, to the police to to, uh, buy a suppressor and not anymore.
1: We, uh, it's not as easy. I mean, we it's becoming a little easier, but there are a lot of States it's not allowed, uh, for mm. us and, at all. Uh, at all. Oh yeah. Which is a bummer. Cause right now, uh, so I just got back from a moose hunt yeah. and, uh, I, my first shot, I had my ear protection on drops, yeah. drops it. So I'm, I mean, it was really close. This is just a huge animal. So in kind of the moment I'm kind of frazzled, i take off my ear protection, yeah. just kind of, to. And of course, he stands back up. So I got to take another shot. Yeah. Well, my ears, I, I'm shooting a 300 Win Mag. And so it, mm-hmm. it with a, um, a muzzle break in the end. So it shoots the sound out. Yeah. And so my ears, I had to go to a doctor yesterday about it. But <laughs> this is the third kind of like the third time I've had a rifle really mess with my ears. And like this last yeah. one's been pretty, yeah. pretty rough. So it's, it's, just again, it's one of those things that I, I don't understand. the ra- Sometimes there are laws I don't agree with, but I can understand the rationale behind it. Mm. Um suppressors and using dogs for uh recovering game. Those are two that I just I can cannot understand.
2: No, no. Well most people use suppressors uh, here in Spina, I think. And also, you know, hunting uh close to dogs. We yeah. also want to protect the dogs hearing.
1: Yeah. You know. yeah right yeah because it's kind of like biased. a
2: generation thing in sweden we have a lot of
1: of uh, older hunters that don't hear so well so <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're, they're good good case studies and what yeah. not to, to do <laughs> yeah. you guys i would imagine so hunter safety or you know getting your hunting license it, it, mm-hmm. there's there's probably is there a marksmanship a component to that for you yeah yeah
2: both for a shotgun and also for a rifle yeah uh, and then also you do it's not mandatory by law, but but most hunting teams also uh, make it uh, take a test each year to make sure you you, uh, you don't just do it you know one time, one time you know life, but you have to do it each year to to show that you are been the range.
1: Yeah, that's uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. A lot of moving shots, I would imagine. Yeah, working yeah, very different than from here. We don't we don't do a whole lot of that unless it's like water waterfowl or small game.
2: Oh yeah. Well, it depends on, you know, the, the type of hunting yeah? because we hunt a lot with dogs and, you know, the, the animals are going to move. So yeah. you have to be able to take those shots as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. So you've been, how, how long have you have been hunting? How long have you been into this?
2: Well, I found hunting later in life. So I don't have, you know, uh, I, it doesn't come from my family. Uh, so I've hunted for, I think it is five years now that I had my license. I uh, started one year before I actually got... You know, a hunting dog, <laughs> yeah, sure. first, and then I got my license <laughs> yeah. so um no, but five years um active as a hunter, and I started with grouse hunting uh, sure. actually uh, uh, up in the the Swedish mountains in the north, um because I lived there at the time, I studied there, so uh but then you know worked my way down to to uh, stockholm and also to to bigger game um together with the dogs really you know we, we found hunting together well he showed me
1: <laughs> yeah I like that you um, what kind of grouse were you hunting up there
2: uh, how do you, i'm not
1: sure how to call it in english <laughs> what do um, you call it in, in swedish
2: ripa uh, and and you know we have fjällripa and dalripa but uh, do
1: you looking, want me to google it <laughs> yeah, i'm looking it up right now grouse yeah. uh it looks like Western Eurasian, it's like a wood grouse. I don't know. Yeah, it's a very different looking grouse. Than we, I, I asked because I uh, mm. just got back from British Columbia, and we definitely yeah. ate our fair share of grouses, like, you know, camp meals that we'd see on the way back from a hunt. You, you pop a, um, a grouse, and it's like eating chicken. It's sweet, it's a sweet yeah. deal, you know? <laughs> I learned, I didn't know this, but to, to breast it well... Mm-hmm. We The the guides there had a stand on the wings and you just pull kind of gently up on the feet. You kind of set it down. Oh. Pull, and it pulls just perfectly out and you have like nice clean breasts. Like it's sweet.
2: Whoa. Yeah. Did you film it?
1: I didn't film it. Oh. I'll uh, I'll see if I can find something uh, online. I'll send At it to you. Do. <laughs> I
2: want to learn
1: that. <laughs> it's you know, I sit to... there with the
2: feathers yeah. and everything and it's everywhere. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's exactly what I'm like, man. So we shot him. I'm like, well, this is going to be a pain. You know, we got to pluck these things or try to cut it and get it to mess he's like oh no 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 you just and he said birds different birds are different um so it depends on I think the strength of the connective tissues or something but basically you kind of like you put it upside down so the legs you're you're grabbing the legs and its wings are kind of spread out you just step on them and you just slowly gently pull up and I would love if that, that worked. i do a lot of turkey hunting here in the yeah, U.S., yeah. and I don't know that that would work for turkey hunting. But it would be sweet if it did, because that can be a pain sometimes to, to rest it. them out.
2: Sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm actually going to grow something next week, so um, if I get one, I'm
1: yeah, gonna try I'm, gonna, that. I'm looking yeah. for a message from you to see if you could try if you tried it out. <laughs> so, um, so you you don't come from a hunting background, really? But I mean, it sounds like you found it in school, where you kind of when you're student, doing your studies up north and that's how that happened or?
2: Exactly. The, the school chose me. I didn't choose, you know, the
1: location. Yeah. It's
2: where I got accepted
1: hmm.
2: uh, but I'm really happy, you know, because, uh, otherwise I don't think I would have found hunting. Um, I'm brought up in, in, uh, you know, Stockholm, not in, in central Stockholm, but close to Stockholm and I, I didn't have anyone, you know, close to huh. me, uh, who hunted, uh, but you know, up north, it's much more present in the community. Uh, anti yeah, sure. community, and uh, also you know i i as a psychologist up there uh also as a student you know i met a lot of people who actively hunted and and uh, you know that it's a thing i also have to ask everyone if they own a gun yeah. um you know if i make a um they ask about suicide. I also have to ask about sure. the gun, and most people do. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so it's you know so much more present than it is in, in you know where I was brought up. Um, yeah. yeah, but I found it there. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you're yeah. Uh, you said you're married. You've got a husband. Does he hunt? Mm.
2: Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. And he was actually brought up with it?
1: Okay. Uh,
2: well, kind of. Yes. Uh, he he got me into getting a dog, and then you know I was you not know, turning back.
1: <laughs> you get a hunting dog, you gotta go hunting, you know. It's, yeah, it's your hands are yeah. tied.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Um <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: So um, you know, uh what's it like? You know, I, I asked this because I've I've got a daughter myself. Um mm-hmm. my wife and, and I have a have a daughter. Um yeah. and I think about hunting and, and like being kind of a, a female hunter. Um yeah. and that's not the most uncommon thing in the US, but it's also not you know, like the, it's, there's far more men that hunt uh, yeah. by us. What's it like for you uh, being a female hunter? And mm. I, I would assume more of a male-dominated sport in Sweden as well.
2: Well, so far it is, uh, but we actually have a lot of new, uh, you know, new hunters who are women. Uh, so I think they made some polls somewhere uh, where I think it was 30% who, you know, in a course, taking a course to become a hunter. So, so. Wow. I can't swear on those numbers, but you know, it's, it's getting a lot more common um, here. Can't quite see it yet. You know, when I go out hunting, it's, it's not, you know, unusual to be on a woman sometime. Sure. Uh, but also, you know, people don't see me as a woman really or a female yeah. huntress. They don't make a thing
1: of it. Just a hunter. Um, yeah. 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 That's the That's, beautiful thing uh, about hunting. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, you know, you you got you you mentioned your deer, elk, and other types of game. Like, what's your what's your go to hunt? Like, if you if you had to choose, like, what you could go hunt, well, what would it be?
2: Mm. It's a hard question, you know, because I, I favor a lot of different types of hunting. And also, you know, in different times of the year. Sure. Uh, but right now we're, we're closing into, you know, the 1st the of October where we get to um, hunt all uh, over Sweden with dogs. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just a, a regular driven hunt mid-Sweden. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's deer or boar. That's not the thing, you know. For me, it's you know, see to see the the dog working.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's Definitely. amazing what dogs can do. Uh, and it's like yeah. once they turn it on, mm. like I've got a dog. I actually have. He's usually behind me. That's why I have the blanket out. But he's yeah. in his kennel right now. But he is like the biggest baby. You know, he's like snuggly. And but when I yeah. get him out for for whatever reason, squirrels. Like he's yeah. a squirrel hunting dog. And he, <laughs> He's like instantly different and like, he's like an animal, like he's a beast out yeah. there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's just, switch. yeah, it's just like, all of a sudden it's, you went from this like lovable house pet that's kind yeah. of a sissy to yeah. like this tough, you know, dog. <laughs> what is it? How does that happen? It's You know? Yeah. it's fun to watch it's really cool and you know october one for us is is also kind of an important uh day yeah. as for us when we start our archery season here in michigan so oh. for deer hunting for uh with with bow and arrow and so that's yeah. our kind of bread and butter uh our kind yeah. our group and so i mean that's like a holiday like you mm. you take everything off you clear your schedule october one and you hit the woods um yeah. So looking forward. So do you to that. have
2: a lot of people you you know you 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 don't go to work or that's yeah
1: yeah yeah. So what's really interesting in Michigan uh, of all the mm. states in the U.S. one of the more rich heritages of hunting is mm. can be found in Michigan. And so yeah. there's October one is the beginning uh, of of archery see- season, uh, but November mm-hmm. fifteen is opening day for rifle for for deer. And so deer mm. hunting with rifle. In Michigan is, you know, when I was growing up, school, you'd have school off, you know, uh, everybody's got, it's like, if if you think of like that plaid clad hunter, a guy in red plaid out and, you know, with a rifle out in the woods, that's like, that's a Michigan, like very ingrained in our, our culture and our history. It's, it's less so now it's, it's definitely fading from what it was, which is uh, just disappointing. Um, Mm. But it's definitely still strong in some pockets and it's really, it's fun to be a
2: part of. Yeah. That's kind of what I met when I moved up north uh, yeah. because it's still really strong, you know, that, that type of uh, uh, community around the hunting up there. And I never saw that, you know, growing up in a big city.
1: Yeah, yeah. it seems yeah. totally foreign to people in cities. When mm. I'm, yeah. I, I, I had a friend in New Jersey and I was t- <laughs> telling her. I was like, yeah, we, you know, we um, grab her bow and we climb up in our tree stand and, you know, we wait for she's like, what, you climb in a tree to hunt a deer? I'm like, yeah, of course I climb in a tree, you know? And she's like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, you have these little sticks, you attach to a tree, you climb up, you get bundled yeah. up, you don't move for a while and just totally foreign. She's like, well, when you're done, what do you do? Like, who takes care of the deer? I'm like, well, I, I take care of it. Like, who else would, no one walks out and takes care of it. Like, I got to drag it in. I got to cut it up and you got to do everything.
2: It's a just a very. Advice, you know, to, to bring a caddy or something. So.
1: Yeah, I need a, I need <laughs> I a, need a hunting caddy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I need one okay. of those. Actually, that's a great service. Your hunting uh, caddy. He'll go out, yeah. drag your meat in, he'll cut it out for you. Um, <laughs> Place I'm it in, in the
2: freezer.
1: That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and take care of it in little packages. So it's just like, you know, <laughs> I'm in the middle of doing that right now with the, the, yeah. the moose we, we shot here in British Columbia. Yeah, I
2: saw a picture of that. That's a lot of meat. It
1: was a lot of meat. <laughs> like, I. Uh, I'm on this, will be my third. I've done probably about six hours so far of mm, butchering, mm. and I probably have another six hours left. So, mm. today, in a few hours, once I kind of am done with work for the day, the rest of the day will be uh, for butchering, grinding, vacuum sealing, and, and doing the rest. So, I've got quite yeah. a bit of that ahead of me. Yeah, yet.
2: you have like a best, the best part of the animal. Yes.
1: I agree, I like to do it, it's so yeah. fun. It's very relaxing. I put out a little music on, go in the garage and take care of business. Yeah. Do
2: you have like a favorite part of, of the animal to eat?
1: Um, well, I mean everybody likes the te- uh like the the tenderloins, right? Those those yeah. are great. But I yeah. I'm a big fan of the heart. I really like yeah. the heart. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know if you saw on on social media, but the heart of a moose is like it's like huge. bigger my, than my head it's huge yeah. uh, which is like so I, I cut it up into like four slices for steaks that will do so I like the heart. Um, the back straps are great like that uh, mm. um, the loins and what about you? what's your what's your thing?
2: Well yeah, back straps and, and heart as well actually. Uh, and I also like heart you know I, I cook heart from grouse from smaller deer yeah uh, you know it's kind of like a, a tradition also you know for the hunter to have the heart. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, usually I take it with me, and and if it's not too late, I fry it up the same evening. Uh, so I just do this, you know, uh, heated pan, uh, and I fry, do some small pieces, and I fry it, uh, and eat from the pan.
1: <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Maybe not
2: a, a moose heart. That's really big. That's a lot. Of <laughs>
1: that will take a few sittings. But my my <laughs> my daughter it grew some. up hunt like around it so she that's yeah. her by far favorite part oh, um and that. so this although you know I right before this this re- recording i was actually at an emergency dental appointment for her i don't mm. think she's going to be eating any moose heart anytime soon she was p- playing tennis with her cousins caught a tennis mm-hmm. racket to the face yeah. and she's oh. like without her front teeth right now yeah. so yeah
2: don't
1: so she a lot
2: of she, yeah i'll be blending them? it up
1: or something for her instead because yeah. it was pitiful so yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: hope she's getting better
1: yeah so um so
2: so then you're gonna do uh you you do a lot of uh, bow hunting yeah love to yeah. love the
1: archery yeah so that,
2: that's one you know difference that's not allowed even in sweden we're not allowed to hunt the bows
1: yeah, I you know I I knew I had a friend in Germany and he yeah. was he mentioned difficulty even with with archery um, yeah. all throughout Europe. Yeah. Um, that's too bad. Archery is so fun.
2: Yeah. You know, some countries do it. Denmark do it, and I think, I'm not sure Finland, but, uh, you know, the, the island Åland also yeah. uh, does it, but, but not in Sweden. You're allowed to to uh, practice with a bow, uh, you know, here on, on ranges, but you're not allowed to, to hunt.
1: Interesting. Do you do you travel much outside of Sweden to hunt, or do you stick stick kind of your homeland? Here? I
2: stay, to, uh, yeah, stay in Sweden. I'm not, I'm not uh, <laughs> I haven't discovered Sweden yet. <laughs> oh, that's every, fair. Every there's type a, of hunting, you
1: know. There's a lot. It's a whole country, you know.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Um, I I did see you do some like off the grid living, like you. If like I think I saw one your posts was like 14 days off the grid. You didn't bring yeah. food. Like, what was what was your why would <sighs> you? You know, what's the deal behind that?
2: Yeah. Well. Kind of like a a way to discover because, you know, I wasn't brought up with hunting, uh, so I don't have uh, that heritage, you know, uh, with me. So I, that's kind of one reason why I started my Instagram account. I I wanted to expose myself to different types of hunting and also, you know, when I went (laughs) off grid, that was kind of to to experience uh, hunting, not as a recreational kind of hunting, but more, you know what our ancestors probably felt about hunting, you know, when, yeah. when we had to hunt to, to have food. Yeah. So, so I went off grade and I didn't take any food. Uh, I bought uh, a shotgun and uh, a fishing rod. Um, okay.
1: How'd it go? I'm,
2: I'm here today. <laughs> so I survived.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I think I would make it, or, or most people would make it longer than they think. Uh, yeah. But I, I did not cover uh, the, the calories, you know, no, that I knew you needed. lose some
1: weight there, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, I lost a lot of weight. But, but also, um, maybe, I, I think I calculated it. Um, I also, you know, gathered better, berries and mushrooms and actually found an apple tree. <laughs> so, oh,
0: ooh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, I wasn't that off-grid just uh, on the hunting ground. But um, I think it was like 300 calories a day, something like that. You know, some some days I ate more and some days I didn't have anything. So (laughs) I can't recommend it for, you know, weight (laughs) loss because it really made my, uh, uh, what do you call it, metabolic system really weird for a long time afterwards. So
1: Yeah, I I get that a lot. Um, I, Mm. when we, even we do like a lot of the backcountry stuff, I had the Mm. hardest time packing well. Um, Mm. I have a lot of food allergies. So like the Mm. typical like backcountry meals are just out i can't have like the gluten or the dairy or whatever in yeah. there and so yeah. often i would just go real light and like you said i would come back and i would be gaunt you know my yeah, face yeah. is sunken in and i'm tired goes
2: really can... quickly you know the 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 kind of yeah hollowed <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> my, i remember one time i came back from a bear hunt my wife's like yeah. i she like drove up and i was out in the yard she's like you look like a different person standing out here it's like well oh, i yeah. probably should get better at Packing calories, because like <laughs> my my metabolism's fast, anyways, and and yeah. when you're out there and you're moving and you're hauling stuff yeah. and everything, the 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 thing about hunting in the mountains is like you see videos of it and it looks like people are just kind of like walking around, but it's yeah. like everything's heavy after a while. Yeah, in the yeah. It's like, yeah,
2: that's right.
1: It's, <laughs> it's like no big deal. It's like hard to go uphill and that backpack yeah. looks light, but like 20 pounds or 30 pounds gets heavy after a while. Yeah, You know, you're yeah. burning calories, especially yeah. when you're really hungry. You know, I, and then I'll what I'll do is like, I'll get back to civilization and I'll eat like you wouldn't believe. Like, I just can't get enough food in me. It's like, <laughs> then I go from like you know like uh gaunt to like my distended stomach because i'm you know so full of whatever's in front of me you
2: compensate compensating between but you know <laughs> i had a friend tell me you know when you pack you pack your fears uh but you actually do it the other way around <laughs> you, you leave yeah. stuff at home but yeah. i'm really afraid of getting cold of my hands so i always pack you know insane amount of gloves uh
1: you can't have cold hands. That's the worst when your hands are freezing cold out yeah. there. You can't move. You can't do the things you need to do. I can understand it. It's understandable uh, fear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you've you, you've been doing really cool stuff. It's it's been I, I had somebody the way I got in touch with you is somebody mentioned you to me. Oh, um, yeah. a listener, I don't remember who it was. And he's like, Hey, she's kinda cool. Like, you guys should have her on the show. She's doing stuff that's, you know, very unique to what we typically see on social media because it's American focused and we've had a few folks from overseas, you know, somebody in New Zealand and Australia and, um, and Germany, but no one out of Sweden yet. So, you know, kind of got in touch with you and I just appreciate you taking a few minutes just to give me a little insight into what it is like being a, a hunter in Sweden and, you know, the psychology part of it, which is fascinating.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm and glad, I'm glad you like it. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, um, for, we're coming up on time here. So uh, mm. for, for people who are listening, uh, and want to yeah. just follow along, see what you're all about, see what you're up to. Where can they mm. find you?
2: Well, you can find me on Instagram. The Hunting Psychologist is the name. And uh, that's pretty much it right now. I don't have a YouTube. I don't have any other social media. Um, I do this on my spare time, but, you know, moving forward, I'd also like to focus more on, so far I've focused a lot of, uh, um, you know, trying to understand hunting from my psychologist point of view. Uh, but, uh, yeah, moving forward, I would also like to, to focus on how hunting could, you know, benefit. Uh, mental health and and also in what way could I raise awareness of mental health within the you know hunting community so I don't have anything set yet but you know I would love to hear your opinion do you have any you know initiatives in in the states or
1: you know my personal non professional opinion is Mm. good I think it's good for your mental health. I, I've seen it play out in my life and I don't know why I couldn't tell you why, but I definitely um, feel uh, the benefits of, I mean, beyond just being outside, but like you said, the presence and and, and things like that. We, it's a huge part for me um, of of kind of my mental health. Uh, It's Mm really does revolve around hunting so it's all my friends do it it's community it's um it's a lot of good stuff social
2: component as well it's
1: not just which is not talked about enough like the the hunting Mm. camp is it's strong there's a lot of strong hunting cat camps you know in in states Mm. like michigan or pennsylvania or wisconsin uh Mm. here and it's it's a it's where i as a boy learned what it was what it meant to be a man Uh, I I say that a lot, you know, you you get to be around people who are older, see how they talk and treat each other and interact. And for me, you know, that was a pretty powerful thing. So, well, um, like I said, I appreciate you coming on. Um, You give, give her a follow. Uh, Like I said, it's very, very interesting stuff. And the psychology portion of it is really interesting and we got to get you out to north america i mean sweden's great but you you know you have to come you've never chased a white-tailed deer or a you know a turkey or no, a, a something heard. an elk you gotta you gotta try these things and we yeah so come come west and we'll uh hook you up with a good spot and we'll uh, we'll take you out sometime oh
2: i'd love that <laughs> <laughs> i've cool. actually never shot a moose even though i'm living in sweden you know you,
1: i was gonna say you have moose
2: we have a lot of moose yes yep. but i've never shot one not yet hoping this is my year but you know we've had a moose on the climb for a long time so, so we don't have a lot of opportunities
1: okay well, well everybody keep an eye out to see if she gets a moose mm-hmm. this year we're, we're all rooting for you oh. <laughs> cool thanks we'll uh we'll uh, see everybody thanks for listening in I appreciate you taking the time like i said go follow beatrice and all the things she's up to uh check us out next week we'll have some really cool episodes coming up as we kind of get really close to deer season here in michigan like we were talking about october one's coming on fast so thank you everybody we'll uh we'll see you soon hey
0: everybody thanks for listening to this episode we really do appreciate it if you want to go onto any kind of social media platform give us a like share subscribe you know it really help us out it keeps the train rolling and if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us five-star Either star way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if, if you don't like it. Five stars. That'd Helps cool. everyone out. See you out there.